before we jump into the top five health discoveries of the last 10 years, let me just talk a little bit about Precision Nutrition and ProCoach. I've got several people doing it now, and here's the thing. Everyone loves it. There is nobody who doesn't like this. Even though I've been pretty much hyping it up because I've been even telling my friends and family and I love it so much I'm doing it myself and I keep telling people how awesome it is so I'm kind of maybe over the top with it. And yet even then, the people who start with it within two to three weeks are always saying, wow, this is amazing. And I'd love for you to check it out. Uh, You can do so absolutely risk-free. For me, it's been huge. I mean, I, I did you know, competitive triathlon for eight years. I, I did CrossFit for four years. And then once I got my certification from Precision Nutrition, I thought, you know, I really ought to follow my own stuff and what I'm going to be teaching people. And so I started following the Precision Nutrition uh, for nutrition and Pro Coach for my workouts. And I have absolutely loved it. And although I was in great shape after, you know, 12 years of triathlon and then CrossFit, once I, I switched gears to this, I've lost two and a half inches in my waist. I've gained two inches in my shoulders and chest. Uh, I feel better. I'm sleeping better. I'm recovering better. I'm not sore near as often as I used to be. And I love the workouts. They're very cutting edge. They're very cool. And the nutrition is easy. It's common sense. Anyone can do it. There's no calorie counting. There's nothing difficult. It's really Something you kind of got to see to experience. And so we've made it so it's super affordable and a money-back guarantee. So I want to jump into the content, so I'm not going to spend any more time in pitch mode. Just check it out at dirobi.com. Go to dirobi.com, D-I-R-O-B-I.com. Click on Transformation Packages and watch the videos and see for yourself. And it is way cheaper than almost every nutritional protocol out there. So... It's worth looking at just for how inexpensive it is compared to other things. So uh, learn more about that there. And I guarantee uh, you will have an experience just as good as everyone else is having. And come into our private Facebook group where where I give you uh, one-on-one coaching and, and answer all your questions there as well. And all that is part of the deal. So now let's jump in to this, inf- this information uh, that, that I've prepared for you today. It's something I'm pretty excited about. I got an email from the guys at examine.com. If you've listened to the show very much, you know I'm a huge fan. I'm a paid subscriber to their content because they are an evidence-based research firm that does not take money from anyone in the supplement industry. And uh, they research supplements. They, they study the meta-studies. These guys are researchers and scientists, and I just love their stuff. And they sent out an email that was similar to this topic about, you know, some top things they had discovered. And it sparked this idea in me. I thought, what are the top health discoveries of the last 10 years? And so I got Googling it and doing some research and uh, looking at everything from, you know, themes in TED Talks to what magazines like Time Magazine were saying. And I just noodled on it. I found other people's lists And then I went ahead and put together my own list, which, you know, is a highly debatable subject. I'm sure other people might think that something ought to be on the list that I didn't think should be here. But regardless of whether you want to debate me on whether, you know, something isn't on that should be or not, these five things I think you'll agree are pretty incredible and and big time in terms of the effect they're having on society. And so I hope you enjoy. So let's jump right in with 
Number one, number one health discovery of the last 10 years is really not a discovery at all, and it is mindfulness and meditation. But what is new is in the United States, mindfulness and meditation has gone mainstream. It's gone from something that very, very few people did, and maybe we even thought they were weirdos, to becoming something so commonplace that it's estimated that 14% of Americans now meditate every single day, and a much larger number, impossible to identify for sure, of people are using mindfulness and meditation at some level in their lives. Time Magazine has called it the, I think, uh, was it 2017 was the year of mindfulness. And so it has really gone mainstream. And Western thinkers are now finally realizing what Easterners have known for about 2,600 years. And that is that mindfulness and meditation is legit. Just how legit is mindfulness and meditation? Well, even in the medical community, it is no longer considered a soft skill, but is becoming an essential part of overall health care. It's being, being used to treat PTSD. It's being used to help people quit smoking. It's being used to help people overcome binge eating and cravings. It is a type of superpower. I really believe this. Uh, Sam Harris and his... Uh, course Waking Up, which I highly recommend, says that meditation is a superpower. And he he puts it this way. He says, what's the difference between being angry for 10 days or 10 hours or 10 minutes or 10 seconds? Meditation can make the difference between those. If that's all it did, it would be amazing for almost everybody. And that is absolutely true. Through meditation, you can actually learn how to reduce your negative, negative emotions from 10 days to to 10 seconds. And that may seem like a hyped up promise, but I assure you it is true. It's done that type of thing for me. And so, uh, and many, many other people. Um, Let me go through some of the stats here. Meditation's popularity increased more than threefold in the last uh, five years, according to the CDC, the Center for Disease Control in the United States. A team of researchers from the National Center for Health Statistics, the National Institutes of Health, and the National Center for Complementary and Integrative uh, Health examined the rise of the most popular complementary practices, which are yoga, meditation, and chiropractic care over a five-year period, and found that yoga is the most popular, but meditation is the fastest growing. And so um, it is growing faster than any other type of natural care. Yoga rose 9.5% in 2012 to 14% in 2017. The use of chiropractors increased only slightly, but uh, meditation and mindfulness rose from about 5% to over 14% of people who have a daily practice. In the last year alone, we've seen a shift from doctors prescribing pills to treat ailments to physicians prescribing things like outdoor play, trips to the museum, and mindfulness and meditation to treat everything from pain, loneliness, anxiety, and burnout. Researchers are also looking into mindfulness-based therapies for PTSD, depression, and even as therapy for chronic pain. I've referenced before on the podcast the talk by Judson Brewer, the TED Talk. It's a great resource you can check out. As well as there are multiple apps. Um, The ones I've used are Waking Up by Sam Harris. That's the one I'm currently using right now. I started with Headspace, which is probably a great place to start. 
And then there's also Oak and there is 10% Happier. And there's probably several others. These are just the ones that I know of and have experimented with. Now, why is it so popular? Well, first of all, for stress management. Mindful breathing can interrupt stress, fight or flight reactions. It can help you in the moment right now if you learn this skill. It can help you have better concentration. It boosts compassion. There's studies showing that people who meditate daily have more compassion toward other people. It helps you overcome that default mode network of the brain. Almost everyone's brain is just going all day long. You might have heard the saying that thoughts think themselves. We don't think thoughts. Thoughts think themselves. If you don't believe that, try to not think for one minute. Just stop this recording right now and sit for one minute and do not have any thoughts. And you will quickly discover that those thoughts do indeed think themselves. Now, of course, we can put our mind to something and control our thoughts in that sense. But there's a whole lot we cannot control. Try to just stop understanding English for a second. Try to not understand what I'm saying. Try to not hear what I'm saying without pressing stop on the device that you're using. There is data and information coming into our field of consciousness all the time, most of which we cannot even control. And through mindfulness and meditation, we learn how to deal with all of those inputs on a much higher level. Uh, mindfulness also reduces bias toward the negative and toward others, and it may improve mental health. And uh, there is currently something called mindfulness-based cognitive therapy that is uh, working wonders for a lot of people. And so one thing I would advise based on my history with this and I'm just a novice. I'm not here stand I'm not representing myself as a guru in this. I'm just a practitioner of it who is very excited about it. But one thing I do know, and this may seem really odd, is that meditating with a group is really valuable. First of all, those who have meditated for a long time have lots of good, practical, useful tips. And so it's great to be around people who are very experienced. There's also been studies that meditation is better when done with other people. It may sound really odd that if you sit around with other people doing meditation, that it would make any difference at all. Some research believe it might be from ancient hunter-gatherer days when we were in small groups of 20 to 150 people, depending on the size of the tribe, and that there was safety in a tribe, right? Imagine back when there were, you know, pre-cities, and uh, pre-agriculture, uh, uh, for approximately 200,000 years, if I understand my history correctly, people were hunter-gatherers and at the mercy of other tribes and wild animals and nature in all of its beauty but brutality as well, right? So when you were with the group, you were more safe. And so they think that might be a simple part of it, is that when you're sitting with a group that in your subconscious, you're feeling more at ease. You can relax better with other people. Whatever the case might be, I go to a weekly meditation center and I try to take as many of my family members as will come with me. And if not, I go by myself. And it's been phenomenal. And it does make a difference to me to get into a meditation group. You, you can probably easily find one by Googling you know, meditation group, um, or try a Sangha, S-A-N-G-H-A. That's actually what I do. That's a Buddhist-based 
uh, practice. And then just go check it out, you know, maybe find a list of three or four and drop in on them and, and see if that floats your boat. And if it's something that you want to make a weekly practice, uh, I have, like I said, for me, I've found that to be really valuable. It's something I really look forward to. Uh, if I miss it in a week, uh, I, I, I regret it, you know, so it's, it's, it's come to be an important activity for me and help me to uh, make the practice deeper and better. And so that's all I have to say about mindfulness and meditation. But it really is an up-and-coming thing in helping so many people on so many levels in so many ways. So again, it is not a discovery in the last 10 years, but it has come of age in the United States in the last 10 years. So that's number one. Number two, blue light, bad night. The discovery that blue light was ruining the, our, our circadian rhythms is one of the top discoveries of the last 10 years. This has been so influential in the world that almost all manufacturers of lighted devices are having to take it into account. They're having to produce less blue light through their devices. And the research on this is, is solid. The fact is that blue light after, you know, sun, sundown basically is making it so you don't sleep as well. There are some people that don't even notice this, but they're not sleeping as deeply because sometimes it's not that you suddenly become an insomniac if you looked at blue light. That's really not what's going on. But what's happening is we live in a sleep-deprived society anyway, and a lot of people are sleeping worse because they're still looking at their device uh, for hours after the sun has gone down sending a trigger to their subconscious brain that it's still time to be up and going. It messes up their hormones. Melatonin levels are out of whack. And so what do you do? Well, one of the things you can do is check to see how current your device is. And you can actually Google how much blue light comes from your mobile device, whether that's handheld, computer, uh, your phone, whatever. Another thing you can do is get blue blocking glasses. I have a pair of blue blocking glasses at my office and at home. And I literally, if I sit and watch TV at night, because our TV is a little older, and I sit there and I, I've got these yellow lenses on. And, and uh, it doesn't impair the, the, the vision. You know, it doesn't make the screen look yellow. Um, but I just sit there with my yellow glasses on watching TV because I just don't want to mess up my circadian rhythms. And sleep is super important to me, as I'm sure it is to you. So... There's plenty of research on this. One randomized trial from January 2015 found that people who used iPads at night had a harder time falling asleep, experienced less REM sleep, and felt less refreshed the next morning. So again, iPhone, Amazon, tablets, uh, they've started adjusting and, and emitting less blue light. Uh, but generally speaking, uh, it's something you should be aware of. And try to either avoid screens after, after uh, sundown or make sure that they're not emitting blue light or that you are blocking the blue light using glasses. Number three, discovery of the last 10 years, is tons of great research on the gut biome. Now, interestingly, this is another one that's not so new. Hippocrates, 2,500 years ago, said that all disease begins in the gut and we're finding out that guy was pretty smart for an old dead dude. It's always been hot, 
The problem is we haven't understood it like we do now. So in the couple, last couple of decades, we've come to realize that the gut's role is not limited to just extracting nutrients and getting rid of the stuff we ate. Research in both healthy and sick people is just beginning to explore the effects of the gut biome on exercise um, and generally how the gut biome works. We're learning more about bacteria. Look at the, the craze in prebiotics, probiotics, and enzymes. People are starting to realize that our modern diet is messing up their gut biome, and they're, they're starting to become aware of it and to eat more carefully, and to take prebiotics, probiotics, and enzymes, all of which is contained in our product, Eat Anything Rx, by the way. This is especially a good product if you struggle to digest certain things. So if you have fructose malabsorption, or you have trouble digesting protein, or legumes, or whatever it is, lact, uh, lactose, uh, you could give that a shot. Um, it's a type of product that either works all the way, and you're going to give us one of those magic reviews like we get on Amazon all the time. People saying these are magic pills because now I can eat what I want. And, and they're not an excuse for eating junk. That's not the idea. There's plenty of people that can't eat healthy food because their stomach just doesn't have the right either prebiotics, probiotics, or enzymes. So taking a product like Eat Anything gives you those elements so that your stomach is prepared to digest the food. So... Um, Back to the gut biome. We're finding that the gut biome and, and, and uh, problems in the gut biome can, can hurt people's mood. It can even cause depression. It can cause uh, obesity. Um, and so this is a big deal. Maintaining a healthy gut is more complicated than just taking uh, a supplement. So even though I would be very happy for you to buy our product, eat anything, that is not the solution to having a 100% um, clean and functional gut biome, right? The gut biome needs a plant-based diet for the most part, right? We got to be eating a lot of vegetables. And we talk about that elsewhere, so I won't spend a whole lot of time on it. But the fact is, what we're putting into our stomach is messing up our gut biomes, especially fast food and foods high in preservatives and that are highly processed. So tons of research there. And also one other interesting thing, the research that the bacteria in the stomach and how they communicate with the brain, that's pretty much verifying the Hindu concept of a second brain in your gut. I find that just fascinating because this is something that the Hindus figured out, I don't know how, but a long time ago, and we're now finding that they were absolutely right, spot on, that there really is a second brain in your gut and that your, your gut health and your brain health uh, go together and your gut and your brain work together in terms of keeping you healthy and happy. And there's, so the, the, the gut is not just an area that digests our food and grabs our nutrients. There's so much more to it. So fascinating stuff there. Number four. Biggest discovery of the last 10 years is, again, not so new, but the research is new and verifying what our grandmothers always knew, and that is berries are the bomb. Now, the exotic stuff gets the hype, right? Like that network marketing company that, that has the special berry from Alaska or the company that makes the expensive juice with acai berry. 
Uh, they claim that those berries are absolutely the bomb and those are the superfruits. Well, guess what? Not so much. Berries, just the normal old berries that you get at your farmer's market or your grocery store are super healthy. They have a very high ORAC value, meaning they're very high in antioxidant qualities. They're a superfood compared to almost everything else. And before we dive into this, there is something you know, you ought to know. And that is that that ORAC chart, if you've ever seen seen that, um, the oxygen radical absorbance capacity is what that stands for, O-R-A-C, is what was supposed to tell us what has the highest antioxidant value. And so if, if someone's selling you on this expensive berry juice, they might have shown you a chart that shows a very, very high number for their juice and much lower for a natural, normal blueberry or something like that. Uh, but the fact is, um, according to the researchers at examine.com, they've been unable to correlate actual health benefits with higher ORAC value. So when you see, you know, goji berry superstar smoothie uh, being marketed for a lot of money, uh, it's probably no better than you grabbing some blueberries and making your own smoothie, okay? So it would do it would do uh, it would be a good idea how do i how do i say this it would be a great idea to eat berries every single day that's what i try to do that's a takeaway from all this new research on berries especially dark berries is to try to get berries every single day if all you did is to ha- is buy the 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 triple mix bag from costco or a bunch of berries from your wherever you can get them organic if possible because uh, you know they won't have the pesticides in them But if you get those and stick them in your freezer and all you do is make a smoothie every day with a cup of berries or take a cup of berries, mix it up with a little bit of cottage cheese or yogurt and uh, it's delicious that way. What I do is I take the frozen berries, I put them in a container with cottage cheese or yogurt and then uh, take them to the office and as the uh, berries thaw, it just kind of keeps it cool and I've got a treat that's ready to eat, you know, mid-morning or mid-afternoon. But my goal is to eat one cup of berries every single day. And from all this research we've discovered about berries in the last 10 years, it just seems like berries are the healthiest of all foods. That's my takeaway from this. They're healthier than almost all vegetables. Berries just are the bomb and what is the downside? Which would you rather eat, berries or kale? Come on. Easy choice there, right? Number five, top health discovery of the last 10 years, and that is the low-carb craze really has been busted. Um, now, those of you on keto or those of you on low-carb who are doing extremely well on it, don't, don't throw anything at me. Don't you know break your device in anger at me saying this. But the fact is, it's just not what the hype says, and it's not good for diabetics. And there's tons of research, including uh, a study called the Metabolic Ward Study um, that is very well respected. Look, Dr. John Berardi said it best when he said the reason why almost all named diets work is because of what people stop doing. When someone goes on keto, they stop drinking soda. They stop eating chocolate. They stop eating donuts. They go from eating donuts and chocolate milk for breakfast 
to having eggs, right? Well, that's going to make a huge change in your health. The challenge is most people's bodies do need carbs and usually not low carbs. And low carbs can be particularly bad for women because of the hormone imbalances that can follow. And just as bad for men, maybe not quite as bad because men don't have the same type of hormonal profile, of course. But for both men and women, we, you know, we both need uh, hormone balancing and our hormones to function properly. And carbs generally help with that. Um, a lot of people will get lethargic when they go off of carbs because they, they, uh, their body just processes carbs better than fat for fuel. And so the fact is that your friend who absolutely loves keto and, and raves about it and is constantly trying to get you to do it uh, is, is doing that because they're really getting results and it's really working for them. But the fact is it's working for them most likely because they've not only cut out bad foods, but when people commit to a diet or some new health regimen, it often follows that they start exercising. They start living healthier generally. They mentally up their game. And so the fact is that the studies have shown very little difference between groups with regard to both weight loss and fat loss in low-carb studies. Um, and so... Would we say that the final nail has been put in the coffin of low-carb diets? Uh, probably not, but there's so much research now that shows uh, both that low-carb diets do not, uh, do not help as much as we thought with weight loss and that many people do thrive on carbs. And there's also been a lot of studies on low-carb diets for diabetics and the current thinking is to not do a low-carb diet if you're diabetic, but rather to manage it through a, a balanced diet. And so I think that's a pretty big deal because a low-carb thing has been around for a very long time. And hey, if it's working for you, I'm not saying don't do it, but maybe stop telling your whole you know list of friends and family that they ought to do it and that it is the bomb and that it will solve everyone's health problems because it just won't. So there you go. The top five health discoveries of the last 10 years. I hope you enjoyed this. And uh, there'll be show notes at dirobi.com. So you can go there to, uh, to reference the links and studies that I used in this uh, in preparing the, these, this show. Also, don't forget about our transformation program. If you would like to lose a few in inches around your gut and gain inches where you want to gain inches or Whatever it is you're trying to accomplish, whether you want to gain muscle or lose weight, when you sign up for Precision Nutrition and Pro Coach, there's a very, very detailed analysis that's done. It takes about 15 minutes to fill out everything. And you go through and list your gender and your weight and your goals and what you've struggled with in the past and your medications. And it goes on and on and on and on where you really... You really give the, the software an excellent profile of who you are and what you want to achieve. And it then dials in a very good action plan for you and then gives you an email every single morning giving you the details and what you ought to follow to reach your goals. And if you failed on lots of other plans, 
this is one well worth trying because it's so well done. It's so real, real world. It's so practical. It doesn't have any of the downsides of traditional diets. It doesn't have low carb. It uh, uh, doesn't have calorie counting. Uh, it, it's just easy to do. And you simply follow this easy to do plan for one year and boom, you will probably have a massive body transformation. People will be asking you, how in the world did you do it? And you'll be telling them, I didn't do anything drastic. I didn't do anything crazy. I just followed this precision nutrition software. I ate normal food and here I go. I lost 40 pounds. I mean, that's the type of thing and, and the type of result you could expect. Whatever it is you're trying to achieve, uh, you could achieve it with this. So give it a shot if you're unhappy after a month. Uh, just let me know. We'll give you back your money. I mean, it's, it's just no harm, no foul. So watch the video at dirobi.com. Uh, go there, click on products, click on transformation packages, and have a look through them and see what you think. Until next time, this is Dave Sherwin wishing you health and success.